My family is a big family, and uh, I grew up. I grew up with uh, in Southern Ohio, and it was uh, the family that I grew up with was was they were like hillbillies, and I didn't know it. I mean, when you grow up in, in an environment, you don't really know. You know, all I knew is that everybody was always fighting. I'm serious. I mean, the whole culture in southern Ohio was, was very Appalachian. And, uh, and, I, and I, I didn't really understand all that, you know. I, I, uh, I, I remember, um, I just knew everybody was always fighting. And I hated that. In fact, uh, one of the strange thing is, things uh, was is that when I joined the Marine Corps, I finally encountered people that weren't fighting as much as the people that I grew up with. And that's a strange, you know, I, but that's how it was. Um, but, uh, and once I became a believer, uh, my family got a whole lot bigger. You know, when you're in the military, when you're away from home, you really can't go home for Thanksgiving every year. You can't go home for Christmas uh, every year. You can't be a part of some of the things. So your family changes a little bit. And there's some interesting characteristics about that when that happens to you. When your family gets bigger like that, the room, your, the, you might say that the, your own capacity to have relationships gets bigger. And uh, because we would move every two to three years, we didn't have five years to kind of put into investing before we were accepted into the family. It was almost immediate. I mean, some of the people who have done career military stuff or have been missionaries or or moved a whole lot, understand this, uh, that uh, immediately there is a connection that you have with other people, uh, and you, don't, you just don't spend that much time trying to work the connection out. It's just there. So my family, and I would say this, and I can say this uh, very, I don't think I, my, my, well, I don't have to worry because my father doesn't listen to the podcasts. So I can say that, I'm much closer to you and many people here than I am to my blood relatives. I'm much closer to, uh, in, in, there's, I just have more in common. My family's a whole lot bigger. I look out over this congregation and see my members of my family. Oh, yes, I know I have a wife and I have two children. They're my family too. But uh, family is a, is a different kind. You know, it gives us all kinds of, we, we could be very restrictive when we talk about family. Or we, can, or we can really define it in, in, in ways that make sense to us. And I define family in, in my sense as you, you're part of that. Okay? And I'm not just being uh, frivolous in my speech. Valley, Valley and I have lived that way for a long time. So whenever, and, and here's, the, here's the rub sometimes though. Whenever somebody decides they're anxious or upset with me, and they leave the church, it's like losing a member of the family. So it just kind of hurts a little bit more. It's not like, okay, uh, we just, we deliver religious goods. And, you know, in other words, when, you know, in other words, this isn't just a, about the delivering of religious goods. Uh, a sermon on Sunday, it's not just something, it's about a relationship. Not only about a relationship with Jesus, but a relationship with you. And uh, that's, that's, when I think of my family, it's a big family. And uh, I think our, the way we live and the way we interact with people, uh, as a fan, as I, I'd say my wife, and 
I and my kids. Um, that's, how we, that's how we are. But you know what? Families fight, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> families fight. And even, even in the church, families fight. And there's some things I want. We want to tune in to families today. I mean, we're, September is a time of, of transition. We're tr- transitioning from the summer. You've heard me say this already. And we're transitioning from uh, somewhat warmer weather into cooler weather. Our schedules are changing. Our, our, the, the expectations of what's coming up. I mean, October, we've got, we've got some special stuff in October. I know we've got Lenny and Marcy Allen coming. Lenny, uh, you know, Lenny works for Bridges of Peace. He's been here before. He'll be here on the 6th and the 7th of October. Now, they're coming to bring a, a, a variant of ministry that's, that's unique and different, and, and so that, uh, that's something that's very powerful. It, uh, he works in a ministry that builds bridges between the Jewish community and Jewish history and Judaism with Christianity, Okay? Uh, and it's not just about political things. This is about religious stuff. This is about, uh, the, the, you might say, the, the legacy that we have in Scripture that makes us uh, closer together than we, than we might think. He'll be with us. I know we've got some, uh, some other things in October. November will be here before you know it with Thanksgiving and all those, and holidays, all of those things. We're in, in, we're in the midst of transition. Now, in what, I, what I want to say to you today is that we need to tune back into some things. In the context of living a very, very busy life, anybody got a busy life? Some of you retired folks who said, wow, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to retire and relax now. Right? How's that working for you? Yeah? Yeah. Most of the retired folks that I know are busier than they ever have been. They said, what is this about? Okay? You know, but, but we're busier than we've ever been. I remember a time when I pastored and lived in South Carolina. Now, that was a, that was a trip, if I can say, say it that way. Uh, lived in South Carolina. I mean, we had blue laws down there. You know, you know what that, you know, that simply means, ladies, if you put a run in your hose, you've you got to wait till Monday. You can't go to the store and buy those. You can buy milk and bread and a few of the, the but you can't buy anything like anything else. Okay? And so it was, it was kind of neat. I mean, we, we chafed against that a little bit. You know, it forced people to go home and sit down and rest, which wasn't a bad thing. I remember my first set of orders was to leave South Carolina and go to Long Beach, California. I remember in South Carolina, if you saw anybody cutting their grass on Sunday, it was kind of weird. There wasn't a rule against it. It was just kind of weird. Go to Southern California. I'm going to work on the, on the, on the, on the uh, 405 freeway. It's Sunday morning. I'm going to go down to Terminal Island. I'm going to preach down there. And I'm looking around. There's hardly any traffic on the 405, which is really weird because it's usually a parking lot. It's just, just bumper to bumper. And I'm seeing the fields. The soccer fields are full of people. All kinds of things. And I said, how strange that they hold their little league and there's all the other stuff. And now that's come here, Right? Okay? We're busier than we ever have been. 20 years ago, maybe not even that long ago, things were closed on Sunday, but somebody thought that they ought to turn a couple of extra bucks by being open on Sunday, so they did that. And so life got better, didn't it? <laughs> life got better. We, got, we, we, got, we, we were able to relax more. We made more money, right? Yeah, yeah no. 
Somebody said yes. <laughs> yeah, life hasn't gotten better because we've gotten busier, but we have gotten busier. And so we have to intentionally t- tune in and turn and focus on some of the things that are really important. Because we live in a place, we live in a world where all kinds of things are pulling against us, right? Demanding our attention. Demanding our attention. Someone called it, called it the, the tyranny of the urgent. So it's possible to go through your, through your day and through your week doing all the things that are important and then you find out, you look at, look at all the things you've done, you got a lot done, but the important things somehow didn't get done. The important things of life. So September is tuning in month. I told you, let's tune into God. Let's tune into His Word. Okay? Let's talk about eternal things. You know, eternal things have a way of just kind of sitting there and, and we have a way of saying, I'll get to those eventually. Anybody play that game before? Ever thought, I'll get to those things eventually. One of these days, I'm going to turn my life over to God and really do those things. Uh, and, and these are important things, but one of these days I'll get to that. But right now I've got to do this. I'm busy. Ba, 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 ba. We're busier than we've ever been. Commerce, work, family, fun stuff. Okay? Thank you. That would be wonderful. I... I already drank one cup full. Thank you, Debbie. So, we've, you know, the thing is, is uh, in, our, in our attempt, you know, kind of, let me just meddle just a little bit. Can I do that? Anybody going to give me permission to meddle? A couple, couple people. That was enough. That's enough. Okay, I, I've got freedom. Um, you know, some of us, in an attempt to make sure our children don't miss out on every opportunity, you know, I mean, they're busy from Monday through Friday, through Saturday, with, with all kinds of lessons. And that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, we gave our kids music lessons. that We made sure they had dance lessons, their little girls, and all of those things. I don't know where the balance is, but sometimes we, we miss the balance. I know, I know a young lad. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's too deep. I just... I saw, I saw parents who were so focused on the extracurricular activities, never had really, really, really had time to focus on, on spiritual things. Now that opportunity's passed. You get my meaning. It made me angry. Made me angry. Makes me angry because eternal things are eternal things. And we have one shot here in this world. And nobody's going to impose it on us. We just have to figure this out. Take care that once you've gained the world and its goods, you've not sacrificed the important, the essential, and the eternal things. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, he said, I wonder when he was going to get the passage. I thought he was just going to talk. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. Now, the context here is God has given them. Remember, God, God gave Moses the tablets with all the Ten Commandments on it. Okay, don't do this, don't do that, don't do All of these things were really good. Okay, don't steal. Is that universal? Is that a good, good idea? Yeah. Don't lie. Good idea. Yeah. Don't commit adultery. Great idea. Yeah. There's, there was ten of them. There were others. There were others. And he, what, what he was saying is, like, this is what righteousness looks like. 
This is what my will looks like. These are the things that will govern, that should govern your behavior uh, in the days to come. So not, not only will you benefit from that, but your culture and your community will benefit from it. Does that make sense? So in, this is in the context. He's, uh, they, the, the tablets were broken. God gives, gave them new ones. And, and, and so he's speaking to them after that. He says, you shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And, on, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. That's kind of a little of a box there if you, if you know anything about Jewish history. You shall teach them to your sons, talking to them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall write them on, on the doorposts of your house and on your, on your gates so that, that your days and the days of your sons may be multiplied on the, land, on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth. For if you are careful to keep this commandment which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God and to walk with him in all your ways, to hold fast, and I'll just read on, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Now, he was speaking to Israel at the time, but I want you to know that there are some universal truths in that. Now, now one of the, one of the things I would just share with you is that there is a, there is a we leak. We leak. We forget. We have a tendency to forget the good things that God's done for us. We're almost like that businessman, that, that supervisor says, well, I know what you did yesterday, but what have you done for me today? We have a tendency to forget uh, what God said. We have a tendency to forget what he's done. And, we have a, uh, and, and in doing so, we go on and we trip and we stumble and we do the things that we shouldn't do. We say the things that we shouldn't say, not only individually, but as a culture. Look at our land today. This is not meddling, this is just the truth. God has given us a beautiful land. Okay? God has given us a beautiful land. And I, you know, I, I, I've not been everywhere in the world. But I've been to enough places that I don't necessarily want to travel anymore. I've, lived, I've gone to Africa. I've been, I've been in, in, in the southern hemisphere. I've been in, 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 a, in various places of Asia and around, the, and around the United States. And I've met a lot of different kinds of people. I haven't met them all, of course. I haven't been to every country. But even the best of the countries in the world, as we would recognize and, and think of them as, as very, very uh, culturally uh, advanced and stuff, don't hold a candle here. This, with all the difficulties and all the challenges that we have facing us today, there's no better place. Now, now I'm the kind of guy I'm not. I'm not going to get grab a flag and start waving it. Okay, don't worry about that because I get uncomfortable when people start waving the flag because I'm wondering what they're going to do next. You know how they're going to try to manipulate me. I feel the same way when every time every time they start taking out pictures of children, they're trying to manipulate me. God's word, is, 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 God's word will direct and guide us. Okay. One of the things we have here in this passage of Scripture is because we have a tendency to forget. I did, got off on a little rabbit trail there, I'm sorry. Because we have a tendency to forget God's goodness and his mercy. And this is a universal problem with humanity. 
And God knows this, and he's telling the, 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 he's telling the Israelites, and he tells us today, pass along the stories of faith. Pass along the righteousness of God. You know what he's done in your life. Tell your children. Tell your children. Remind your children of God's faithfulness and goodness. You know, the truth is he's speaking to dads here. Men. They, they really, fathers really, their role is to carry on, to inspire, to ensure that faith and knowledge is passed on. And some of the things he says to do this, he says, look, talk about it when you're sitting around the campfire. When you're, when, you know, every once in a while, when you're around the table, talk about it. Remind your children. I mean, they didn't see the things that you have seen. They have not experienced because of their life. They have not experienced. I'm warm. I, some of you are cold. I'm, I'm warm up here. But you said, Pastor, you're moving around, right? You can join me here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remind your children. Tell them. And he says, write it on, write it on the doorposts. I mean, you know, you know, some of you, I've been into some of, in some of your houses, and, and there's this one little plaque I see often that says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Okay, pretty good, pretty good. Just, and, and you have these things around, and so you're, you're constantly, hopefully you're reminding, and you're doing the right things with, with, with passing on faith to your children. And I'm asking you to tune into that. Summer's been, summer was, was, was a lot of fun. But there are a lot of things that are pulling on you right now. I mean, you don't have enough time to take, to, to consume every, every interest that you and I have. But there are some important ones, our children, our families. And I guess I'm talking kind of primarily to dads here. Husbands, fathers, uh, grandpas, and, if, you know, and moms too, I guess. It, it behooves you. It's, it falls upon you to do those things to make sure your kids know. I, I know we're busy. I mean, it, it's hit us too, you know. And I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, we really, you know, I, this is, this is going to hurt, okay? This is going to hurt and, and, and let, it, let it fall where it falls. You know, people talk, well, we're Sunday school. Um, for, for, for several years, I had good teachers. I've still got good teachers. Good teachers. They were there prepared every week. You would bring your, many of you would bring your children to church, but you wouldn't bring them to Sunday school. Too busy. Too busy. So what do we do? Well, I mean, my job, my, as a pastor, I got to get the message across. So what we had to do, what we had to do, since, we, since many of you wouldn't bring them, we had to do a, a kind of a full-blown children's church where those, the kind of things that they would have gotten in Sunday school, they get in church. Okay? You get it? My role is to make sure every person here is somehow discipled with Jesus. If you, if you say yes to God, then there are a couple of more steps. I want you to learn, not only to learn, because it's not just here. It's got to be somehow transferred to here. And as I was speaking earlier, it eventually has to find itself in the way we live and treat one another and, and treat God. Does that make sense? And I'm saying intentionally tune into that. Intentionally tune in and begin to deal and, and, to, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to just, you might say, renew that. 
renew that. It's not going to happen if we simply follow or simply react to the wind in our lives. Oh, you got to get this done. You got to get this done. You got to get this done. Take a charge of this thing. Figure out what's important. And then write the schedule. Does that make sense? First Thessalonians. Uh, let, me, let me just play with this here. Now, back, uh, we'll not do Thessalonians just yet. Because it's so important. Let me, let me talk about some of the things that you need to do. Dad and mom. Uh, uh, you know, uh, here, this, here's, here's a good passage of scripture. It's not there. But, but it's not up there, but you'll, you'll recognize this. Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, it says, A, a good name is, is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have a common bond. The Lord's the maker of them all. The prudent sees evil and hides himself, but the naive go on and are punished for it. The reward of humility and, and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards himself will be far from them. Train up a child. Now, this is, this is says train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he'll not depart from it. Favor is better than silver and gold. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So, so those of you who have small children, I want, I've got some good news for you. In spite of the, of the hell that we see in the world. In spite of what goes on in the school system. I mean, in spite of what the kids witness on TV or wherever else that they might happen to pick up information. You, mom, you, dad, still maintain the greatest influence over what and who they will be. That's the good news. Praise God for the good news. And, and the scripture says that if you will train them up, that's the way they will live. Okay? Now, there's, a, there's a two edges on, every, on that knife. You understand what I mean by that? It, you know, however you train them. However you train them. Okay? How do you train your children to be good things? The stuff that we, I talked about earlier. Here's the word of God. I want you to know. I mean... I mean, you sit, I mean, I recognize. You know, I've got, I've got Kristen's here. She's got a little boy. He demands a whole lot of time, doesn't he? he does. Every once in a while, you say, boy, I need a break. Okay? So, that, yeah, you just come bring him to my house. <laughs> yeah, I, we can teach him some real fun stuff. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep threatening. I, I said, look, I got some guns. I want to teach him how to shoot. We're going to low crawl through the woods. We're going to, we're going to teach him those, those kind of things, all right? And she says, no, 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 no. See, that's how I keep, him, he keep her from dropping him off at my house. <laughs> See, it's just really just a facade. You know, it's just, it's, I'm just throwing that out there. But however you teach them, they will grow, okay? Recognize that they, they have a mind of their own. Sometimes they'll, they'll just go out, you know, they, you train them right, you do the right, and then the next thing you know, they're like the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. But I want you to know the prodigal son knew. Knew. And God is, will be faithful. God will be faithful. It's not over, folks. If you've got a child that's out there doing their own thing, wondering whether God exists, what, you know, I mean, I don't even know what they're, they're doing. God knows where they are. He knows their name and the things that you have taught them. If you have shared with them the word of God, the word of faith and love, 
They, 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 you can't, I don't care what happens, that will have its place in their life. I believe that with all of my heart. God's word is faithful. He is faithful. The fight is not done and, and the war is not over. God will bring them home. I believe that with all of my heart. I don't care what it looks like. One of the best things you could do, gentlemen, is love your wife. Love her. I'm not talking about have sex with her. I'm talking about love her. The scripture in Ephesians 5 tells us, Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's sacrificial, gentlemen. The best thing you can do for your children is to love your wife. And let them see. That is the, they'll say, Oh, Dad. Oh, Mom. You know, I was like, you know what I mean? I get a hold of Valley in the kitchen, you know? And the, my daughter say, oh, Dad. But they need to see that healthy stuff. They need to see the, how, how I... How, and it's not just the, those hugs or those caresses. They need to see how I treat her. You know, see, that's a day-to-day thing. I treat her with love, sacrificially, okay? One of the greatest things. Now, now why, is, why is it important that they need to see that well, they're going to grow up. Guess what? They're going to grow up. They're going to watch how you treat their mother. They watch. They're, they're learning. They're forming uh, their, their concept of marriage from you. You're creating patterns in their lives. A blueprint. Uh, a marriage for, for your children. Okay? Look, uh, if they see you show disrespect for, for your wife, you know, your son, and your son will, will carry that into his marriage. If your daughter sees that kind of, 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 of thing going on, she's going to expect that from her husband. I mean, we're not operating in a, in a vacuum here. These kids are like sponges. They're picking it all up. And I, just, and I don't mean, mean scared here because nobody's kind of perfect here. When I, when I blew it with my kids, and I blew it, I'd get irritated, didn't have time. And I was on the ship Ship uh, sometimes uh, 12 hours a day, come home, just beat up, didn't really want to read another story. <laughs> How I wish I had that opportunity again. Yeah? How I wish I had that opportunity again. If you treat their mother like she isn't worth very much, you're degrading your home, family, and the marriage. More stuff. Don't expect your children to be perfect. <laughs> the kids looking at their mom and dad now. See, yeah, even the pastor's telling you. Don't expect them to be perfect. The scripture tells us this. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the, and the, instruction of the Lord. You know, maybe you always want to be a great football player, and you're trying to live that fantasy out for your kid. Bad idea. Okay? Maybe you wanted. Maybe you, you didn't. You didn't marry. You didn't marry a, a wealthy man, but you really want your daughter to. You don't want her to make the same mistake you did. <laughs> you know. Don't live your life out through them, even the bad things, the wrong things. With care, with love, with discipline. I don't know. I, look, there's no simple formula here. It's a day to day, but consistency and love. And when you make a mistake, say you're sorry. You know, I can't, I I know what, I I can't, I I don't always know how not to make the mistakes as as a dad. 
You know, some of the things that they did made me go high and right. Do you understand that? And when I, went, when I went high and right, and when I said the wrong things, when I was too harsh in my, in my uh, you know, the, the great thing is I had the Holy Spirit. He would at least, even if he couldn't get my attention then, he'd get my attention later and said, you were wrong. Now the next step was I had to shove my own pride aside and look into the eyes of that little one and say, Daddy was wrong. I was too hard. Or I said the wrong thing. Love covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> Don't expect your kids to be perfect. How about enjoy your children? Psalms 127.3 says, Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. It's the fruit of the womb is a reward. You know, you know I know when, when, when you've been working with Jonah, you know, you're not, you know, it's like 3 a.m. and he's up. And you just want some more sleep. It's hard to think of this passage and say, and revel in, oh, I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> At 3 a.m., I'm going to enjoy, Jonah. <laughs> I saw the picture on Facebook where you, this is my day, and this, the kid's like this, you know, got her, got her by the legs looking up. Ah, <laughs> this is my day. We understand that. Moms, do you understand that? Even the older ones? You've seen that? How many, how many I was going to say gray-haired ladies, not many gray-haired ladies, genuinely gray-haired ladies, would, would say, would, would, would look and say, boy, I'd love, to say, I'd love to be able to look down and get that picture one more time. <laughs> yeah? You know what I mean? But enjoy your kids. God's given them to you as a gift. Listen to them. Provide for your children. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, but if anyone doesn't provide for his own, especially for those of his household, He's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You know, that provision comes all the way across. These are just a few tips to tune in. Tune in. Let's, let's go back and look again. Let's go back and, and, and rearrange our schedule to make sure that our family's right there in the middle and that they, they get top drawer. Let me, let me talk just briefly about the church, the family of the church, okay? First Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. That you esteem them very highly in the work and love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seeking after that which is good for another. And for all the people. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now that's a whole lot of stuff there. And I don't know if that hit anybody today. But the, the church is also a family. And I'll tell you the truth. Some of us are more lovable than others. <laughs> right? And sometimes we're more lovable than at other times. Sometimes, some, the truth is, sometimes we don't get along very well, do we? 
That's the nature of, of, of being a church. If you, if you say, oh, look, I'm, I'm not going to go to that church because there was a conflict. I'm going to go to this other church. <laughs> blissful ignorance, you know. I'm going to go there where I don't know anything. Just I, blissful ignorance. And you just go from place to place to place to place. Because what you find are people that are just like you. They're trying to serve God. Sometimes they, they fail. Yeah? But we have these, this passage of Scripture that gives us some instructions. Gives us some instruction for the family. There's other places. You know, I, you know I, I, I don't have time to go to Philippians and to go to, to, to Corinthians and all the other things today, but, but just some simple instructions. He says, admonished the, the unruly. I mean, is it possible that in the church, that, that in the church family, some can be unruly? Them, but not me. Right? Be unruly. Admonish them. Now, that doesn't mean kill them. Yeah. Kill them in Jesus' name. Just, just clean them up. No. No. Admonish them. Warn them. So This is not the right way to go. I mean, this is, this is gentle, touching, working with people. Okay? Admonish the unruly. Encourage the faint-hearted. Are there some faint-hearted here, I mean, today, where there, you know, you may be sitting here thinking, I just don't have the faith. The circumstances of my life are just, just overwhelming me. Uh, you can't sit on your porch at home and be strengthened by your brother unless they come looking for you. In the context of this community, we're to, we're to strengthen one another if we can. You know, in your own marriage. Some of you are married. There are times when you have to, you know, you're the strong one today and you're helping the weak one, the one who's just been knocked down. And they're discouraged. They're discouraged, but they need, they need encouragement. That's our role. That's our role. That's our role. Encourage the faint-hearted. Lift up the faint-hearted one. Be patient with everyone. Help weak. And then see that no one repays another evil for evil, but always seeking after that which is good for one another, for all people. Now, now, that's a hard one, isn't it? You hit me, I want to hit you back. Anybody feel that way? I mean, my first response, somebody slaps me, you know, before I even know it, I I want to just reach out and touch them. Yeah? It's normal, it's natural. But here's the, here's the cross. That's the world. That's the flesh. And it doesn't, it doesn't cause for peace in the family, does it? The scripture says a soft answer turns away wrath. Okay? As much as we want to reach out and tag somebody sometime, it's not the direction God has, has for us. He says, don't repay Evil for evil. Don't repay it. It stops when, it's, when it does. You know, it's, it's hard to play tennis with somebody who doesn't return the serve. You know? 
Arguments are that way. And I'm going to share this with you. I, I, this is, I, I'm not suggesting you do this in church, maybe at home. This, this guy was telling, he says, look, you know, he was teaching about marriage and family and stuff. He says, well, my wife and I, we just get into these fights and stuff. And, and my counselor, he told me, he says, okay, every time that you're about to get in a fight, I, I want you to strip down naked, both of you. All right, finish the argument that way. Created a new context. And all of a sudden, the arguments got shorter. Okay? I'm not saying that that's the way we argue in church. But there is something about uh, bearing our soul. There is something about uh, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and loving and caring to someone else who's been hurt rather than pay evil for evil. Repay evil for evil. See? I'm saying music, please. This is a little different kind of a sermon. And there's so much ground I I could have covered and couldn't. There's no way. Unless you want to be here to one o'clock. Anybody want to be here? I don't okay, I've got one, two people two people. Okay. You can stay. (laughs) But uh, stand with me, please. And and, and my, my admonition or my encouragement, folks, my encouragement, folks, is to, is, to, is to tune back into your family, whether that's, whether that's the church family, that's your own family, and then the busyness of the week and the busyness of your schedule and the busyness of the, of the, of the, of the, the set of circumstances that you find yourself in. Don't allow those things to supersede to supersede the most important relationships, the most important things in your life. Those people sitting in the pew next to you. Okay? You'll never be in this place again in the same way, in the same time. Okay? Yeah. Time has a way of passing us by. And with it go the opportunities that we must take advantage of even right now. Let's worship. Let's close our service today with worship. I don't know that this was a a salvation message. I don't know. If God is speaking to you, how about this? If God has spoken to you about anything, anything, you know, and you'll know it when He does, your heart just clicks, connects immediately. You know, you get it? A word that comes forth and, and you just connect and say, that was for me. God's speaking to you. Address Him on that one in the next few minutes as we worship. Say, God, You've spoken to me about my, my relationships with my kids. You've spoken to me about my relationship with You. You've spoken to me about my relationship with my brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. Lord God, I give that to You. I want to serve You. Serve You with all of my heart and all of my life you're here, I'll just throw this also out. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Christ, or you need to rededicate yourself, and you're ready to do that, meet me here as we worship.